This is a story from Norway, and it's a bit of a favourite of mine. It's called East of the Sun and West of the Moon. Now, there was once a man who lived in a little cottage in a clearing in the forest, and he was very, very poor. He was married, and he had a large family, and it took him all his time to be able to provide enough food just to keep them alive. They were dressed in rags, and they were so, so poor. But they were a happy family, and they were all very good-looking, very handsome men and very pretty girls. But the youngest child, a daughter, was the most beautiful of them all. Her beauty shone like the sun. She was a rare beauty indeed, and they loved her very dearly. Now one night, just as the year was turning, and the nights were drawing in and getting shorter, the rain was lashing against the window panes, when suddenly they heard three loud taps at the window. The man went out to see who it was, thinking it was maybe a stranger who was passing by and who wanted to stop for a shelter for the night. But when he went out, the man was shocked and terrified to see that who had knocked on his window was not a man, but a huge white bear. The bear looked at him. The man was frozen to the spot he was so scared. And then, to his amazement, the bear spoke to him and said, Good evening, my good man. Good evening, said the man, shaking in his boots. There is no need to be afraid of me, said the bear. I mean you no harm. But I know that you are a man that has very little and a large family to keep, and I know how poor you are, and so I've come to make a deal with you. What would the deal be, sir? said the man. Well, said the bear, I would like your youngest daughter to be my wife, and if you let me take her with me, I will reward you with riches beyond your wildest dreams. Gold will never be short in this household. I promise you that. Well, the man loved his daughter very much, but he knew how grinding the poverty was, how poor they were. And so he said, Well, I will have to go in and speak to the family. Would you please wait here? I will, said the bear. So the man went in and he told the family about the bear outside and how they wanted his youngest daughter as his bride. And the girl was horrified. No, father, she said, you can't give me to a bear. I won't go. I won't do it. But love, he said, we are so poor and just imagine if we, if we had money, if we had riches. I mean, if he's offering us a huge amount of riches, imagine how rich he must be. You living with him, I mean, you'll never want for another thing. You will be as rich as a queen. I don't want to be a queen, she says. 
I just want to live here with my family. I don't want to go with a bear. So the man went out and he explained to the bear, mm, we've got a problem. Mm, and what's that? said the bear. Well, she won't go with you, you see. She's, she's scared. Well, I, I don't blame her. I'll tell you what, he said. What day are we at now? Thursday, right. Come back next Thursday evening and I'll see if I can persuade her to go with you. Thank you, said the bear. I will see you next Thursday. And it turned around and it walked off into among the trees and gone. Now that week the poor girl was bombarded from both her mother and her father, saying that she should go with the bear, that this was the only way that they would ever get out of poverty, that they would stop being so poor would be to if she went with the bear. She didn't want to go with the bear, though, but she knew that her family were in a very, very bad place, and so reluctantly she agreed to go. So the next Thursday night there was three loud taps at the window, and the girl went out. And she was very tearful. She'd said goodbye to her family, and she went out to see the bear, and there he was, an immense white bear. I've come with you, she said. I bring everything that I have with me. She had a small bundle that had her clothes and things wrapped up in it, and they were just tattered rags. And it was a very tattered piece of cloth that they were tied up in, but everything that she owned in the world was in that little tiny bundle. Are you afraid? said the bear. No, she said, no, I'm not afraid. Then climb up on my back and hold tight to my shaggy coat. We have a long way to go. So she climbed up on the bear's back, and she lay down and she held on to the bear's fur, and the bear ambled away through the trees and away a long, long way. He walked and he walked for a, a long, long time before eventually they came to a very steep hill. And the bear knocked on the hill and a door opened and he walked through. And there, in front of them was another land, and was a huge castle there, and that's where the bear lived. He took her to the castle, and he took her inside, and it was beautiful. There were tapestries hanging on the walls, there was beautiful furniture, there was carpets on the floor, and gold and silver everywhere. The girl couldn't believe her eyes. The bear took her into a dining room, and there, laid on a table, was a huge feast. You must be weary and hungry after such a long journey, said the bear. So, sit down there and eat as much as you like. And another thing as well, he said. I'm going to give you this little silver bell. If you ring the bell, anything that you wish will happen. Anything that you want 
will be provided. So the bear said good night to her and left. She started to eat. She was very hungry. And the food, oh, she'd never seen food like this before in her whole life. A plate of porridge was as much as she could hope for, but here there was everything that she could possibly want. And she ate and she ate until she started to feel very sleepy and decided that it was time to go to bed, but where to go? She didn't know what room the bedroom was. So she did as the bear told her. She rang the little silver bell, and the next thing she knew she found herself in a beautiful bedroom. There was a huge four-poster bed ready for her, and it was all hung with white silk, with gold tassels trimming. And the sheets themselves were made out of white silk. They were so beautiful. And when she climbed into bed, it was so soft, she sank down in it, and it was so warm and cosy and comforting that she fell sound asleep. How long she slept for, she didn't know, but she was woken by something, or should I say by someone, because someone was climbing into the bed with her. She looked, but she couldn't see who it was, it was so dark. But she knew that it wasn't a bear. It was a man. And while she couldn't see him, she felt that he was a good man, that he had a good, kind heart. How she knew this, she didn't know, but she knew it. She knew it as a fact, that this was a good man. And she felt safe lying next to him. And so she went back to sleep. And in the morning, when she woke up, the man was no longer there. And instead of her tattered rags that she'd taken off the night before, there was a beautiful dress, a beautiful silk dress. She dressed herself up, and it was just so lovely. And then she left the room, and she went and looked around the place, went from room to room to room, and downstairs, and she found the huge dining room, and there the breakfast was laid out for her, again a feast, fit for a queen. Now, she passed her days like this for some time. Sometimes the bear was there and spoke with her. Sometimes they walked around the castle, and he showed her all the different rooms and all the treasures that were in them. And he was always kind gentle spoken to the young girl and she liked the bear the bear was good now time passed and the bear could see that something was wrong what's wrong with you he said you seem sad i'm just missing my my mother and father and my brothers and sisters she said I would just like to go home and visit them. Well, that can be easily arranged, said the bear. I will take you home to visit them. But if I do that, you have to make me one promise. What's that, she said. I want you to promise 
not to speak to your mother alone. She will try to take you into a room by herself and speak to you, but you must never allow her to do that, because if you do, everything will be ruined and lost. But why just trust me, said the bear. Never let your mother get you alone and take you to a room on your own to speak to you. Otherwise, all will be lost. Well, I, I promise, she said, I, I won't do that. Then I will take you home tomorrow, he said. So the next day they set off, her sitting on the bear's back and the bear walking. Now they walked a while until they came to a beautiful mansion house, a great, big, wonderful, beautiful building. Who lives here? she said. Your family does, said the bear. They're rich now, you know. So he dropped her off. She ran towards the door, and her father and mother came out to greet her, and they were so happy. They danced with joy, and her brothers and sisters were all around her, and they were all dressed in silks and fineries. She'd never thought she would have ever seen the day that they would have been dressed like they were that day. They were rich, and they had a happy life, many servants to look after them, and plenty of gold. Well, the mother kept trying to get the girl to come into a bedroom with her to talk, but the girl always found an excuse not to go. She remembered the bear's words, and she always found a way of getting out of it, of changing the subject. But her mother was persistent. She tried again and again and again to get the girl to go with her alone to a bedroom. Well, eventually the girl gave in. And she went to a bedroom with her mother. And her mother said, So, how are you getting on with the bear? Getting on fine, she says. The bear is kind and gentle. He's good. He's almost as good as the man that I... Oh. What? What man? Nothing, said the girl. You were going to say something. What, what man? There's a man there. Well, is he dangerous? I mean, who, who is he? I don't know, said her daughter. I never see him. He comes to me at night, and he climbs into bed with me, and we sleep. But I know he's good and gentle and kind, because I can feel it. I feel it in my heart. He's a good man. For all you know, he might be a troll said her mother. You must see him. You must look at him. It's too dark, she said. I can't see. Well, here, said the mother, take this. And she gave her a tallow candle. Now, a tallow candle was a, a poor kind of candle that was made from animal fat rather than wax. So she gave her this candle and said, take this back with you. And at night, when the man gets into bed with you and goes to sleep, wait until he's sound asleep, and then light the candle and have a look at him and see who he is. Might be a troll. He's not a troll. Take the candle. I shouldn't. 
take it. Okay then. So she took the candle, and she slipped it down the front of her dress, and then went and rejoined the rest of the family, and they had a lovely day together, talking and laughing. And then in the evening, at the agreed time, she went outside, and the bear was waiting for her. She said goodbye to the family, and she climbed up on the bear's back, and the bear turned around and walked away with her. She sat facing the house and waving at her family until they disappeared from sight. On the way back, the bear said to her, So, did your mother try to speak to you? Well, uh, yeah, she, she tried. And did you go to her, with her into a, a room on your own? I can't lie to you, she said. Yes, I, I did. Then you're in danger, he said. Whatever she said, don't listen to her. You are fine, you are safe, you are well looked after here. But, unless you want everything to end, everything to go wrong, don't listen to her advice. I promise, said the girl. But that night, you know... A little suggestion planted in your mind that can grow. And it did grow in the girl's mind. She thought, well, what if her mother was right? What if there was a troll that slept with her? Was she safe? So she lay there and pretended to be asleep. And the man came in and he laid down in the bed next to her and he fell asleep. And she waited, and she waited until she knew that he was in a deep sleep. And then she went and she got that little tallow candle, and she lit it. And she held, held it up above where the man was sleeping, and she saw for the first time his face. And oh, it was a beautiful face. It was the most handsome man she had ever ever seen in her whole life, and he lay sleeping on the bed. Well, she felt so much love for this man that she wanted to bend down and lightly kiss him on the cheek, and as she stooped down, three spots of the melted tallow dripped onto his shirt. Just the three drops but it woke him up. His eyes opened, and he said, What have you done? What do you mean? Well, why did you do it? He said. It was so close. What do you mean so close? He said, I am a prince. But my father, the king... When my mother died, he, he remarried, and the woman that he married was a witch. And she hated me, and she cast a spell on me that meant I had to be a white bear during the day. But at night, I could become human again, retake my former form. And I was cursed that unless I could find a girl who was pure of heart, that would sleep with me for a year, then the spell would be broken. But now it can never be. 
now there can never be anything between us because you've you've gone back on your word you've broken your promise and the spell is still strong in the morning i will turn into a bear again and i can't change that now and not only that but my stepmother the witch she had deemed it that if i could not find a girl that would sleep for a year with me then I had to marry a troll princess, Princess Long Nose, who has a nose that is three ells long. And now I have to go to the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon, and I have to marry the troll princess there, and there's not a thing I can do about it. The girl sobbed. I'm sorry, she said. I'm sorry. Can we do something to change this? No, he said, we can't. It's too late. There's nothing we can do to change this now. The fate is cast. The curse lies heavily upon me, and I can't do anything about it. Well, I'll follow you, she said. I'll, I'll follow you. You can't follow me, he said. I'm going to the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon. And you can never, ever follow me there. I will, she said. I'll follow you. And she wept. She lay down on the floor and she sobbed. She cried and she cried till she cried herself to sleep. And in the morning, when she woke up, the prince was gone. And so was the castle. And so was her beautiful dress. She was lying on a green mound among the woods, and she was dressed in her rags, and her bundle of possessions lay alongside her. Everything that she had taken to the castle was there. Well, she decided that she had to find him. She had to find the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon, and so she set off walking. And she walked, and she walked, and she walked, until she wore out a pair of shoes, and then she wore out another pair of shoes. She walked so far. But she could never find any news of the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon. Now one day she came to a rocky cliff, and under it was a small tumble-down cottage, and in it lived an old, old woman. And the old woman was sitting outside, and she was playing with a golden apple, tossing it up in the air and catching it. The girl went to her and said, Grandmother, can you help me? I'm looking for the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon, and the prince who lives there, who has to marry a troll princess with a nose that's three ells long. Ah, said the old woman. Maybe you're the girl that was to be his bride. Yes, she said. That was me. Well, I don't know where the castle is. I'm sorry. I, I can't help you. But I'd like to help you if I could. So why don't you go and visit my neighbor? You can borrow my horse, she said. All you have to do is jump on the horse's back and it will take you there. But then, if you would do me the favour, 
Give the horse a pat under the left ear, and it will turn around and run home to me. Thank you, she said, thank you. My neighbour might be able to help you. Oh, thank you so much, you've been so kind. And I'll tell you what, said the woman, why don't you take this golden apple with you? You never know, it might come in useful one day. Thank you, said the girl, and she slipped the golden apple into the pocket of her apron, and she climbed up on the horse's back, and the horse rode off as fast as the wind, and it came to another cliff with another old house under it, and an even older woman sitting there, and she was carding wool, combing wool, with a pair of golden cards. Those are the, the sort of um, combs that you use for smoothing out wool with, and she had a pair of golden cards. And the girl said, can you help me? I'm looking for the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon, and the prince who lives there, who has to marry a troll princess with a nose three ells long. Ah, and maybe you're the girl that should have been his bride. Yes, I am she, she said. Well, I'm sorry, I don't know where the castle east of the sun and west of the moon is. But maybe my neighbour could help you. Climb on my horse's back, and it will take you there. But give it a pat under the left ear, and it'll run back home to me once you get there. And, seems here a kind-looking girl, I'm going to give you these golden cards, wool cards. I thank you, said the girl. She climbed on the horse's back, and the horse rode with her to another house that lay under a cliff as well. And there sat an even older woman, and she was spinning wool on a golden spinning wheel. Grandmother, can you help me, she said. I'm looking for the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon, and the prince who lives there who has to marry a troll princess with a nose three ells long. Ah, and maybe you're the bride that should have married him. Yes, she said. I am she. Well, I'm sorry, I, I don't know where the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon is. But maybe my friend the east wind can help you. Climb up on my horse's back and it will take you to the east wind's house. And then when you get off, just pat it under the left ear and the horse will run back to me. I thank you, she said. And take this golden spinning wheel with you, she said. It might come in useful. So she took the spinning wheel, she climbed up on the horse's back, and the horse ran off as quick as a flash. And he ran and he ran a long way until they came to the house where the east wind lived. She went inside, and the east wind said, Hello, who are you? I'm looking for the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon, she said. And the prince that lives there, who has to marry a troll princess with a nose three ells long. And maybe you're the girl that should have been his bride. Yes, she says. That was me. Well, I'm sorry, said the east wind. I don't know where the castle is, but maybe my brother, the West Wind, will know. He's much stronger than me. He's been further in the world. 
Climb up on my back and I'll take you there. So she climbed up on the east wind's back and the east wind blew off away across the land till it came to another house where it stopped and put the girl down. Hello, brother, he shouted. Then the west wind opened the door and said, oh, Greetings, brother, come in. And who is this you've brought with you? Well, this is a girl that should have married the prince that lives in the castle east of the sun and west of the moon, but now has to marry a troll princess with a nose three ells long. Oh, you're the girl, are you? The girl nodded quietly. Well, I'm sorry I don't know where that is. I've never been to that castle. I've never blown that far. But I'll tell you what. Climb up on my back and we'll go and see my brother, the South Wind. He's stronger than us and he's been a lot further in the world. He might know where the castle is. So she thanked him and climbed on the west wind's back, and the west wind blew away and took the girl over land and sea until they came to another house where the south wind lived. They went in. Hello, brother, said the west wind. Well, hello, said the south wind. Fancy seeing you here. And who's this you've got with you? Well, he said, it's a, it's a girl that that should have married the prince that lives in the castle east of the sun and west of the moon, but now has to marry the troll princess with the nose three ells long. Ooh, he said, so you're the girl. The girl nodded quietly. Well, you know, I've never blown that far myself, so I don't know where the castle is. But if anyone in the world knows where this castle is. It's our brother, the North Wind. He is by far stronger than any of us, and he is quite wild, actually, so you have to be very careful with him. But I'll take you to see him. Maybe he can help. So, climb up on my back, said the South Wind, and so the girl climbed on the South Wind's back, and away it flew, blowing across the land and the sea, a long, long, long way, until they came to a house. But before they got to it, a voice shouted out, Who are you, and what do you want? Well, the girl was afraid when she heard that. But the South Wind just said, Oh, brother, there's no need to be like that. It's just me, your brother, the South Wind, come to visit. Oh, okay, come in. So in they went. And as soon as the North Wind saw the girl, he frowned and said, And who's this? This, said the South Wind, this is the girl that should have married the prince that lives in the castle east of the sun and west of the moon, but now has to marry the troll princess with a nose three ells long. Ah, uh, princess long nose, he says. Yes, I know her. <laughs> Do you know where the castle is? The castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon. I do, says the north wind. I blew there once when I was young, a long, long time ago. I, I blew an aspen leaf all the way there. But it was such a long journey. I had to rest for a long time before I was strong enough to fly back again. But I do know where it is. 
"'Well, will you take her there?' "'Well,' said the North Wind, "'yes, I'll take you there, "'but I'll have to save my strength for a few days, "'because it's a long, long way, "'and it's got many perils.' "'I'm prepared to face anything,' said the girl. "'So the South Wind thanked him and went away home.' And she stayed there for a couple of days with the north wind, while he rested and built up his strength. <clears throat> One night he said, I'll be ready in the morning. We'll go and fly to the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon. The girl thanked him. And the next morning they got up early, and she climbed up on the north wind's back, taking all the gifts that she'd been given with her as well. And they flew off at huge speed. The north wind was so much more powerful than his brothers. And as he went, the, the gale of wind that passed with him, it blew down trees and forests. It caused the waves of the oceans to rise and crash on the rocks. Ships were lost. It was a terrible, terrible thing, a huge storm passing, with the girl clinging on tight. "'Are you scared?' asked the North Wind. "'No,' said the girl. "'I'm not scared.' So they blew and they blew, and they carried on going, and after a while the North Wind started to get tired, and it started to fly lower and lower and lower over the sea, until it was almost skimming the surface of the water. But eventually they saw in front of them an island with a huge castle on it. This, said the North Wind, who was now quite puffed, this is the castle that lies east of the sun and west of the moon, he said. And he was able to fly up right underneath the walls of the castle, and then he lay down and he rested, he slept on the green grass, and he stayed there for quite a few days before he got strength enough to fly back home. Now the girl sat under the window, and she wondered how she could get into the castle. There seemed to be no chance of her getting in there. But she saw the window that the troll princess, Princess Longnose, looked out of. And, oh, she was ugly. She had a nose that was three L's long. An L is about a meter. So a very, very long nose. Longer than a man. And as she poked her hideous pale nose over the edge of the balcony... The girl took out the first of her gifts, the golden apple, and she tossed it up in the air and caught it and tossed it and caught it. Well, Princess Longnose spotted this, and she saw the glint of the gold and the greed that is in the heart of every troll took over, and she said, You, you, what's that you have? It's a golden apple, she said. I want it. How much? It's not for sale, she said. Then what do I have to give in order to get it? 
I want to spend the night with your fiancé, the prince. What? she said. Oh, very well, then. So she came down and she took the apple. And that night the princess went to the castle door and was let in. But you see, Princess Longnose, well, she was a troll. You can't trust trolls. And before the prince went to bed that night, she made him a drink, a special drink, that had a sleeping powder in it. So when she drank it, when he drank it, he fell sound asleep. He was in such a deep sleep, nothing would wake him. Well, the girl went to the room, and there he was lying in bed, and she saw him just as she had seen him by the light of that tallow candle, and the love inside her flamed up, and she called him his, her sweetheart, her true love, the man she was to marry, her husband. And she kissed him, and she shook him, and she shouted in his ear, but not a thing. She couldn't wake him. All night she wept and cried and shouted out to him that she was there, his true love. But he never woke up. And in the morning, Princess Longnose went in there with her guards, and she had the girl thrown outside, and the door was slammed and locked. Now she sat underneath the walls of the castle a second day, looking up at the window where Princess Longnose would stick her long nose over the edge of the balcony. And she started to card some wool, combing the wool between these golden combs. Well, when the troll saw the glint of the gold, then all that greed welled up inside her again, and she said, Hey, you! How much do you want for that? It's not for sale, said the girl. Well, what will you take for it, then? I'll take another night with your fiancé, the prince, in his bedchamber. <laughs> such impudence, such cheek. Very well, I agree. So she went down and she got the golden combs. Well, that night the same thing happened. The sleeping drink was given to the prince, and all night long the girl sat there and sobbed and shook him and said that it was his true love that had come for him, but not a flicker, nothing. He was sound asleep, didn't hear a thing, knew nothing about it. Well, that the next morning Princess Longrose came in with the guards, and again the poor girl was tossed outside, and she sat there, weeping, but she still had one more gift, there was one more chance, only the one, but there was still hope, she had the golden spinning wheel, so she set it spinning, and she started to spin wool on it, on a golden wheel, well... As soon as Princess Longnose caught sight of it, the greed inside her grew and grew and grew until she almost burst with the greed. And she said, How much do you want for that? It's not for sale, said the girl. Well, what will you take for it? I'll take another night 
with your fiancé, the prince, in his bedchamber. <clears throat> Such a cheek! How dare you! Okay, I agree. So she came down and she took the golden spinning wheel. Well, that night, the prince, it didn't happen as it had done the previous nights, because, you see, during the day the prince was out walking along the battlements of the castle, and there was a lot of prisoners kept in there. They were good, decent people. And there's one thing that trolls hate. It's good, decent people. And they were people who had strong faith, or who were kind. And so that is just terrible to a troll. So they were locked up, kept prisoner, and made to work for the witch and for the troll princess. Well, that day, as he was walking the battlements, some of them shouted to him, Your Highness, why do you sleep when that girl is weeping by the side of your bed and saying that she is your true love who has come all the way to find you? What? When? Last night and the night before, they shouted. She weeps all night. It's amazing that you have such a hard heart that you won't speak to her or, let her talk to her. I knew nothing about this, he said. Well, she's there every night, and she weeps for you, and she says that she is your true love who has travelled a long way to find you and to rescue you. Well, when the prince heard that, that night when Princess Longnose brought him his sleeping draught, he thanked her for the drink, but he guessed what was in it. And so, when the princess wasn't looking, Princess Troll, he threw the drink over his shoulder and then handed the empty goblet back to her. Mmm, delicious, he said. Thank you. I'll sleep well tonight. <laughs> you will, said the troll princess. Well, that night he went into his bed, and again the girl was let in, and she was taken up to the chamber, and she ran over to the bed, and there he was lying asleep, and she said, Oh, love, will you not waken up this night? It's me, your true love, the girl that has travelled the world to find you, and I love you, and please wake up. And his eyes opened, and he saw her there, and he recognised her as the girl that he had in his castle, the girl that he loved. He took her in his arms and he kissed her. We must find a way out of this. Well, one of them came up with an idea. Now the next day was meant to be the wedding of the prince and princess Longnose the troll. But that morning the prince went to his stepmother the witch and said... Stepmother, I don't know whether this troll princess is really marriageable material. What's that got to do with you, said the evil, wicked queen? Well, it has a lot to do with me. I mean, it's me that is to marry her. No, I would like to set her a little task. Nothing much, but just to see whether she's worthy of marrying. You see, I have a 
lovely white shirt here, but somehow it's got three drops of tallow on it, which has made a stain. And I would like to wear that to my wedding. So if the Princess Longnose can wash this shirt so that she can remove the three spots of tallow, then I'll marry her. Well, that shouldn't be too difficult, said the Queen. So they organised it all. They got a big tub of warm water, and the prince brought the shirt, the same shirt he was wearing that night when the girl tried to see his face, and it had the three drops of tallow that the girl had dropped on it. Now when Princess Longnose, who was not happy about having to wash a shirt, I mean, princesses don't wash shirts, and trolls don't wash anything. So she was not happy at this at all. But, well, she took the shirt, and she put it in the hot water, and she got some soap, and she scrubbed it. But all it did was it just smeared the three spots of tallow all around so that the stain became bigger and bigger and it became dirtier and dirtier looking because only a good-hearted person could wash a stain like that away. A stain that was dropped from love, not a troll. Well, Princess Longnose was furious. She threw the shirt down in the water. It's not possible, she says. Get another shirt. No, he says, I'm not marrying you if you can't do a simple thing like wash a shirt. Well, the witch queen was furious. Out of the way, she said, and she shoved Princess Longnose to one side. She grabbed the shirt and she started to scrub it with soap. Well, if the Princess Longnose had made the stain ten times worse... Then the witch queen made it a hundred times worse. The stain grew, and it became blacker and blacker until it covered the whole shirt. The shirt looked filthy. What a useless pair, said the prince. You can't even wash a shirt. Why, look, out the door there, there's a beggar girl sitting in rags there. And he pointed to where the girl was waiting. I bet she could wash the shirt better than you. And so he shouted to her to come in and try to wash the shirt, and the girl went in, and she put the shirt in the warm water, and she got the soap out, and she rubbed it, and you know what? All the stain came out. She had put the stain there originally, and only she had the power to remove it. And the love that she had for the prince, and the prince had for her, took the stain away, and it was beautiful, snow-white, gleaming, beautiful white shirt. Well, he said, you pair are useless. I'm not marrying any of you, and I'm not going to marry that horrible princess Longnose either. I'm going to marry this beggar girl. Well, when Princess Longnose heard that, she became so mad, so angry, that she puffed up, and she got bigger and bigger, and she swole up to such a size that, bang, she burst, and that was the finish of Princess Longnose. 
the queen, the witch queen, when she saw her stepson as well and heard that, she was so mad that she too swole up and got bigger and bigger and bigger until she just burst. And that was the finish of her. And so the spell was broken. The prince had all the prisoners in the castle released. And they went and they took all the treasures that they could find in that castle. And then they rode away. And they rode for a long time to get as far away as they possibly could from the castle that lay east of the sun and west of the moon.